<laughs> Go. There it is. We're on. All right. Welcome back to the Scipio Cup podcast. We have a full. Wait, when did it get named full the Scipio Cup podcast? When I named it that this year and made that fancy logo. I didn't says, know you cut me out of it. It says the Scipio Cup podcast. Oh, I cut you out of it years ago. Is it because my website's been down since 2015? That's kind of why. You basically oh. told me that I didn't have to pimp your website anymore because you didn't do it. That's true. I'm not getting any of that sweet ad revenue anymore. So anyway, we want to welcome Kyle back. Welcome back, Kyle. Thank you. Good to be back. And uh, I guess in honor of the podcast old name, uh, it was the observation of Lee Elliott day-to-day per Nisei Lounge on Twitter. Right. So. Oh, <laughs> darn. I missed it, most of it. I still have. Poor Lee, may he rest in peace. Oh, wait, he's still alive. So I guess he doesn't have to rest in peace. He's still kicking. Do you have a, um, Kyle, you want to tell us about what you're drinking? Yeah, I uh, was at our, the local Binnie's about a week ago, um, and the uh, the Ron Santo Ale was on the shelf, and I picked it up, and it tastes uh, like the runoff of the troughs in the upper deck at Wrigley. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to ask how you know to compare it, but I will take your word for it. Ugh. Who brews that going? wonderful thing? Oh, let's find out. Oh, this might be two. Uh, tell us what. Oh, never mind. You can also use it as a window cleaner. Brewed by Nine Brand Brewing Company, Allen, Texas. So, yeah, there's no good thing they didn't go local. Yeah. There's no breweries <laughs> in Chicago that oh. they could have partnered with. Good job. Kyle, have you ever tried Big Hurt beer? <laughs> I have not. That's next on the list. Oh, no, no, no. no, no, no just, just that shouldn't. Just, yeah. oh. I was oh, curious what the, what the flavor profile was of okay. Santos wrung out jockstrap versus Thomas's sweaty HGH injection. <laughs> they want you to know, though, that the, uh, the rumor that 80% of the people who drink it go blind is off by, like, <laughs> 40%. Yeah. It could be 120%. So it'll be safe. I wonder does it have um does it have extra testosterone in it? Cuz we know that's been a problem for Frank. <laughs> All right, so because the fans loved it so much last week, um we're going to do oh, a rundown Andy, for our for our audio listeners. Andy just shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Last week, though, I believe was the second most listened to podcast that we've had. Uh, How many have we done? Six. Yeah, six. Oh. I mean, of this of this current iteration, oh. this is. I'm sure the old one, you know, back when the Cubs were in that, like the World Series podcast. I believe four million people watch that. Yeah. So we won't compare it to that. So anyway, we have four hot topics that we want to talk about in some order. Number one, I want to talk about the Cub. Fan code of contact. Oh, con. What is it? Conduct. Conduct. Contact. Conduct. Cub fan code of conduct. That's too many C's. Uh, I want to talk about Chris Bryant's new bat. It's very exciting. Um, we want to talk about you. Why you? <laughs> not Y O U. And what was number four? God, I've already forgotten. I had four things to remember. Addison Russell's an asshole. Oh, that's right. Yeah, what a prick. So why don't we start with well those Addison and the and the uh, code of conduct kind of go somewhat together. At least all that awful news happened the same day. Um, so why don't I re- let's start with Addison? Why don't I read you the wonderful quote that he just had 
Oh, I don't have it up anymore. It's good that I prepare. Oh, Jesus Christ. So well for this. Oh, you could have done it. I want to hear all this. I, these are your topics. I think Addison Russell's is safe. It's because you didn't have any topics. I added one. Talk to Kyle. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle brought nothing other than Ron Santo 10 beer. 10 ale. That doesn't even make any sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, Addison made it almost two days without reminding us just what a complete asshole he is. <laughs> this was a this was his quote after today's game. He got asked about being booed. And he said, now part of this is completely factual. I'm a baseball player for the Chicago Cubs. I'm one of the dudes in this clubhouse. I'm one of the guys who go out there and put their bodies, what do you think? Maybe he said ass. I don't know. He works blue on the line. We do it because we love it. We want to win, and we want to bring another championship to Chicago. Everything's pretty good so far. And now, <laughs> and if hometown fans want to boo someone that's trying to help bring the team a World Series again, then that's on them. So the first factual part of that quote reminds me of what everyone said about Daniel Descalso when they signed him. Like, that is that seems like all the platitudes they said around Descalso. Like, He's just a dude, just a guy, just a guy who's here to win. Like, shut up. He's got his he packs his lunch pail every day. <laughs> puts, puts on his, his hard puts hat. His shoes on one at a time. They're both left. Uh, so, I, I, when this all went down, I was talking about this with my brother-in-law, one of my brother-in-laws, and I said that dude is never going to take another he's never going to be in a cup uniform again. And I was pretty confident that that would happen. And I was talking to Kelsey about this last night, actually. I think, I do think it's admirable that the Cubs tried and are trying to help him be less of a piece of shit, human being. However, they could have said, we are going to devote money and time and energy and invest that into you because we are a good organization to make you less of a shitty human being, but you are never playing for our team again. If they cared about him that much as a human being and cared about his ex-wife and cared about just this in general, that's a drop in the... And, by the way, the Ricketts could use some goodwill because we all hate them right now. Anyhow, they could have said, your baseball career here is over, but because we appreciate what you did, we appreciate what you did in 2016 for us. All of those things that he said in the first half of this quote, we are going to help you get help to not be a horrible human being, but... And by the way, and I, this is a shitty reason to not bring him back. We don't need you anymore. Like we have, you're not going to supplant Baez at this point. And like we gave Bodie a truckload of money for no reason. So we don't need you. And like, I'm, we're sorry that you made this decision. We're sorry that you're a bad person. We didn't realize you were a bad person. Now we do. Goodbye. We'll help you as much as we can. That, that wouldn't have been that hard. Especially because they don't need him for baseball reasons anymore. So, like, if they are just being selfish and just thinking that way, you don't need him anyhow. Like, do use this as a hey, let's um let's get back into the good graces of this fan base because everyone hates us for Islamophobia and for wife. Be- like, there is there are so many things that are floating around that team. They had the opportunity, and they couldn't. They couldn't have guessed that he was going to get a shitty reaction. He's going to get a shitty reaction probably for the rest of his career in baseball in Wrigley Field. 
because like, so you have some foresight. It didn't take a genius to figure out that he is going to be booed mercilessly by the fans for a very long time. I was really worried that he wasn't going to get booed in the first. I, I mean, I didn't expect, I knew the Cub fan. Well, I shouldn't say I knew. There's plenty of dumb Cub fans. I suspect he wasn't going to get the Josh Hader standing ovation. Yeah, right. But I thought he would get, I thought the boos would be few and far between. And not only did he get booed every time he came up after that, he got booed more. It was like, yeah. it was like the first at bat. Cause they're cub fans. I have a whole bunch of who's up. What? <laughs> oh, Oh, it's him. Boo. And they got their shit together and at bat two and three. So I was heartened by the fact that, you know, you don't get to be, you know, a complete asshole. Just a horrible human and just be completely forgiven because of what? You haven't, what's he proven yet? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So, and, and that's actually a good point, Dolan, because I didn't think about this. Because I, if I recall correctly, I was at the first Wrigley game where Chapman came in and, and, and definitely didn't get booed as lustily as, as Addison got booed. But there was definitely some smatterings of boos around the park. But that only happens when he, it's, it's not like they boot him every half inning. Well, he wouldn't have come out for many other half innings. Yeah. He comes in that once. He gets his booze and then he starts throwing 100 miles an hour, and everyone's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, the booze um, turned to ooze right yeah, away. Ooh, right. look yeah. at that. I was, yeah. yeah. And I was really, I mean, I wasn't concerned. I just, I, f- I felt like, given when we talked about it last week, the fact that the Ricketts, everything turns into a PR disaster with them. Mm-hmm. You know, he comes up in the ninth inning with a chance for a walk off, <laughs> and I thought, Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, this is going to happen. And then the fans are going to, you know, they're going to go nuts because they won and he's going to get, you know, Gatorade dumped on him and all that shit. And mercifully, they, you know, they waited was, a couple innings and um, Hayward, know, Hayward did it instead. Yeah. Who a much did, more, a much more acceptable. Yes. Yeah. Acceptable, unless apparently you're a fan in the stands that is white. Because that's a, I guess we shouldn't segue directly into that, but that's a damn good segue into the next segment. That was good. Unless um, Kyle has anything to add on the Addison that's, Russell. That's segment. why I was trying not to segue. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll sit this I'll sit this one out. <laughs> so Kyle, so why apparently Kyle is pro Addison. Kyle doesn't Russell. want to take a stand. No, no, <laughs> no he's beating. I have I have nothing to add other than the guy's a complete and total asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. I think, I think that's that's fair. All right. So speaking of uh, of the transition there to, you know, I watched the game. I didn't notice. I didn't notice. Chris, I didn't know what to look for. I'm an, I'm an innocent farm boy from Northern Illinois. I wouldn't have any idea what those, you know, signs mean, but um, we had the asshole sitting behind Doug Glanville flashing the upside down. Okay. Sign. And then you had people who immediately said, no, no, no. That's the, that's the circle game or the look at me game. Who the fuck was he playing? Nope. That's not what he was doing. Okay. He knew what he was doing. Even Crane Kenny figured out that's what he was doing. That's how obvious it was what he was doing. Oh, he was clearly doing something. What in the world does that? Like, maybe I haven't gone to the remotest parts of the internet, and we don't have to give it specifics and what. But is that really a white supremacy thing? Apparently, to get to the, I don't know it. Completely. My wife asked me about it and I was trying to explain and I only learned about it because of the, because of this exact incident. But apparently um, white supremacists decided they were going to use uh, an innocuous 
everyday sign because that's an actual i mean that's that's a sign sign that's an american sign language right. sign that means okay an asl you know, yeah that's how a deaf person would tell someone that they're okay so you know and it's also um, how a diver would say i'm not getting eaten by a shark yes that's right um but anyway, so these crafty white supremacists decided that they would really show those libtards. They would um, they would try to co-op that sign so that the so the liberals would get mad at them, and it would show that they overreact to everything. But then apparently, um, they decided maybe they always hit turn it upside down. Maybe that was the deal. But then apparently, they just got so they liked it. So they became a sign that they just flash, you know, if they see a camera or they see somebody, they see a crowd. So that's apparently how it became a thing. First, it was, you know, just to show how people overreact. And then they're like, oh, I kind of like this. And so they decided to adopt it as their own. Okay. So I am also, so this just shows how stupid white supremacists yeah. are. But I'm also looking this up that the, and obviously you, the, the people that are watching this can see this, but um, when you when you do that, wait, I got to do it this way. You're making a W here. And oh, and a P here. So Let's it's very clever. It's like, it's like the Brewers um, symbol, the Brewers hat, the old Brewers, very clever MB. So basically, the Brewers are white supremacists. Yeah, they were, uh, their Friday night hats are that's white supremacy. Well, okay. that's fine. No wonder Josh Hader loves the play for the Brewers so much. So. Okay. Also, not not that this would have been acceptable no matter who. If it was Latroy Hawkins that was doing the sideline reporting, it would have been acceptable. But Doug Glanville is one of the best things yep. that's happened in the Cubs broadcast to the Cubs broadcast since JD. I guess maybe he's even pre-JD. Doug Glanville is a goddamn is it is a very and again, this is not saying that this would have been fine if it was Hawkins or Milton Bradley or any of the shitheads that have come through here. But um but come on, man. Doug Glanville, I want that dude to stick around, and I want him to have DeJesus' job as soon as he needs to get his teeth capped again. So here's the thing I found most weird about the situation was that Crane became the point man for it. I couldn't figure out why Crane Kenny was the guy who went on the radio and he was the guy, other than the fact that I think – they can't put Julian Green on the radio right now because the last time he was on, he made a complete ass out of himself about the whole, are are the Cubs leaning on the writers and bloggers to, to write nice oh, yeah. things about ass and Russell. So I think that I was thinking, but I guess it was because Crane as in charge of business ops would be, that would be his side of the organization that would ban a fan if they were going to ban. So I guess that's why it was Crane. But when an issue is, this cut and dry <laughs> and you're and you're going to do the right thing and so you're going to get credit for doing the right thing why wasn't that a time when they put tom ricketts out front <laughs> so that somebody in that family could actually be on the record as doing something that Good. people are like oh i'm glad they did that they, they, that was going to be the plan but then there was a long email chain in which laura was very pissed off that Tom was getting credit for not being a white supremacist. So she's, so she kiboshed that. Maybe, maybe crane was at the front of the line of getting credit for the rare easy win. I, yeah. I imagine it's a lengthy list around there. Well, so I, I, also, I believe cranes are white, so they needed him to be at the forefront of this charge. Well, he's, um, 
he's not gonna be as popular at the yacht club <laughs> as he normally is. There's gonna be some people there that are gonna you know, question him. So the fan, the the anonymous fan, um, which is fine. I don't. Part of me wants everybody to know who he is, so you know what it, you know who the scumbag is. But the other part of me is it doesn't need attention for yeah, doing that. Uh, but anyway, he's been banned for life from Wrigley Field because apparently there is a Cub fan code of conduct, which I didn't know there was. And so there's there's a few things that I think they should add to the bannable um, offenses uh, at Wrigley Field. Number one would be if if you cheer really loudly at a fly ball that doesn't go 240 feet into the outfield, mm. you're banned for life. I'm just, I'm tired of Cub fans constantly embarrassing themselves. If you're in the bleachers on your phone during the game, facing the wrong way, which we see a lot of, you're banned from Wrigley Field for life. If you don't know enough to go back to your seat between at bats, you should be banned for life. There's nothing more fun than having some moron crawl over you during a pitch because they can't possibly wait to do it. So, those are just a few of the ones that I. Oh I'd no, like we want to. Wanted, we want to hear the ones that you rejected from that list. Now that we're on this this topic, I was I was at the game the Sunday night or this past week against the Cardinals, and um, I actually I had I had nice seats thanks to thanks to a buddy of mine. Thank you, Kevin, if you're watching. Um, he is, and unless he's in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a. A gentleman with his lady friend seated across the aisle to our right, and the guy spent innings one through five with his head and face straight into a bag. Uh, so oh, that, that was interesting. Boy. Um, That's not where I thought that was going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I guess we could add that one to the list. I like Dolan's uh, bleacher phone idea. I just worry about the damage that would do to bleacher ticket sales over the course of a season. Well, we know one guy who'd still be out there. That is true. Al would love that. He'd have the whole place to himself. Uh, I don't know about bannable offenses. I definitely have seen some people get, I don't think banned for life, but kicked out. I saw a very attractive girl in the bleachers do a striptease in the early 2000s that everyone appreciated except, and the security guards were great. They like let her get down enough where everyone was happy. And then they're like, "All right, you're out of here." I was like, "Thanks, guys." How about if you have a if you have a White Sox or Cardinal Bartman O three jersey Ooh, and wear it to the game? How about this? How about if you wear, uh, like, if if unless the Sox or the Cardinals are actually playing in the stadium to deliberately antagonize, if you're wearing a, just even a Sox or Cardinals jersey, to the, like, I've gone to Sox games and I've gone specifically rooting against them for the twins a couple times. I didn't wear twins gear even, and that would have been acceptable. I certainly didn't wear Cubs gear. Mm-hmm. That's moronic. Those people are the worst. Yeah. That, and Oh, I, I got a bannable offense. Anyone that wears anything Cub related that Ryan Dempster has also worn, <laughs> like that entire tuxedo, those fucking guys. You know what? I, I always point this out to Kelsey. You get a personality and you'll get attention that way. Like tell funny jokes, tell interesting stories. People will pay attention to you. Don't wear like a goddamn Afro wig and that stupid suit or those idiotic, like patterned shirts. Although those aren't as like the Hawaiian looking shirts. 
those are hideous, but those guys aren't wanting attention. I think they're actually making a fashion statement. But how about Ronnie Woo Woo? Can we ban him for life too? <laughs> since we're doing this, well, I was going to say that. Uh, I was going to say that I'm a. I will be banned then from whatever. U.S. Cellular, Comiscular is now because I go when I go to size games, I go full Ronnie Woo Woo. I wear the entire Cub jersey, stirrups and all. I didn't know that was wrong. I just thought I was, you know, supporting the team I even when they're not playing. I haven't heard Ron in a while. He's, okay. He's <laughs> I, I've been to a couple games this year. I have not seen him, although I was up in the neighborhood once over the winter, and I did I did see him out and about in mid December. So. As of as of a couple months ago, he was still alive. He was in full uniform uh, a couple of weeks course. before Christmas. Yeah. Do you think he owns any other clothes? Do, I, I've, I've always wondered. Do you think he owns multiple of those uniforms, or is it just the one? I would guess that he's got. We know he's got a. He's got the home pinstripe jersey and the blue, but oh, he's right, probably right. only okay. got the one pair of pants. Yeah, that's my guess. They're getting those get a lot of wear. yellow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ooh, yuck. Um, hey, Kyle, did you see the uh, Dead Guys band that plays around the grandstands at Wrigley? Uh, no, I have not. Hmm. That's a weird thing that the Cubs do that. Isn't it? Like, I think that's cool and neat, but have it, the fact that they look like ghosts walking around kind of bothers me a little oh, bit. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. They, yes, they come out yes. with the brass, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. But yeah. shouldn't they have... I mean that they were supposed to be like the 1908 Cubs, right? Mm-hmm. So shouldn't they now be the 2016 Cubs? And yeah, that's true. They don't need to be dead. Anymore? And they have, and they just have like instead of like the old brass, they have like auto tune voices. <laughs> is that is auto tune a thing in 2016? Um, yeah. I did uh in my couple trips to the ballpark this year. I've gotten the. I don't know how I feel about it yet, but they, well, they changed all the, the section numbering from the aisles to like numbered sections, which is great news for stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> but in, from what I've seen is it's resulted in less confusion, but more people traveling the entire length of an aisle to get to their seat because now there's oh. multiple points of entry. So I don't quite understand how it was confusing before I yeah. you look at your ticket you find the number that corresponds and you go up or down that aisle. Like would that, that seemed like an easier system to me. I agree. Or you do what I always would do and you'd walk up and you'd stand right in the right where you would enter and you would hand it to the thousand year old Andy Frayne and go, where am I, where's my seat? And they'd be like, okay. And they'd look at it for like a minute and be like, like it's, it's their first Milwaukee. time at Wrigley. Yeah. <laughs> you, this is Miller Park. Your tickets are from Milwaukee. Oh, thanks. I need to get, you know. I, um, yeah, I, I, uh, the other way to do it is the way I do it is just buy tickets for wherever and just sit wherever the hell you yeah. want until you get moved. When, uh, I'm that guy. Sorry, everyone. I don't, I bought tickets one year to see the Cubs up in Miller Park and bought them in the 300 section. And it took my dad. And it's the only time I've ever been to a game where we could not find our seats. I mean, we looked around forever, couldn't figure out how to get there, and finally had to ask a guy. And they're like, oh, well, you need to get on the elevator and go up to three. That's the only way you can access that section. I'm like, how were we supposed to know that? There's no signs or nothing. Oh, yeah, there's no signs. Thanks. 
I mean, here uh, we were. We thought we were the dumbest people in the world. We're like, we can't find our seats. I mean, this is the kind of people we laugh at. But then and it turns out it, we had these super seats. I mean, they were really nice. I mean, they were, we had, you know, we had our own, you know, we had weight service and all that stuff. But I didn't know that when I bought them. I just, I looked on the chart. They looked like good seats. I bought them. They weren't that expensive because it was Miller Park. And, but I didn't know that you had to know like some yeah. secret knock to get to the freaking seats. You but, thought you were the dumbest person in the world, but then you checked Wikipedia and you're like, oh, Kyle Farnsworth is still alive. <laughs> um, it's, so uh, like going back to Banwell offenses and with me swapping around seats, if you, if I've been sitting in your seat from the first inning to at least the mid fourth and you show up then and kick me out of your seats because those are your seats. I'm sorry. I think that I get those seats by um, eminent. No, not a, what the hell? Adverse possession, and you should be banned forever from Wrigley. I mean, that's fair to me. Like, if you're on an airplane and you grab a seat and the plane takes off, you get to stay in that seat, you know, the whole time. The person's not getting on the plane, to, so it should be the same thing. If you're in a seat and the game starts, well, I'm sorry that you you didn't make it in time. It's my seat now. I'm fine as long as you have make the first third ish or at least the first half of the game. Like if you show, I know stuff happens and, or maybe you got, maybe you were standing outside and waited for tickets to get scalped. Um, but it dropped low enough to get scalped. I should say. I mean, but, if you were, if you were 10 minutes late to last Friday's game, you know, it was Kyle Hendricks was in the fifth inning by the time you that's sat. True. That is very true. So you got to know his pitching. If it was, if it was you today, you could have shown up three hours late and it's still the third inning. And you would have still seen three or four walks. Um, good transition. Should we go to that now? Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> and we really we really sell it by then going, hey, that's a good transition. <laughs> well, I figured you're going to edit all those out and just do star wipes and um, like sound effects for the transition. But my question before we started was what is the – statute of limitations on us not bitching about how terrible you is to watch it pitch even if his stuff is electric and he's good and he's gonna be great and blah 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 and he's got the best stuff on the staff like everyone has been saying he is so horrible to watch pitch it's miserable it is the worst it, it's it's one of my least favorite pitchers watching take the mound since and it's Amster. it's so weird because he he tends to walk the worst hitters yep you know, he walked a pitcher today. He walks, he's got to own the National League record for consecutive eighth place hitters walk. Yeah. I mean, he almost always does it. It's just, it's, it's confounding because last year you could blame some of it. It wasn't, he wasn't this bad last year. He wasn't great, but he wasn't like this. You know, and the fact it turns out he had a bad elbow. So you could blame it on that. Well, he doesn't have an excuse this year. Apparently yeah. he's healthy. And then you have the weird thing where like he, he throws 93 in the first inning. And then if he makes it to the fifth, he throws 99. Right. It's like, well, you know, you loosen up an hour before the game. Or, or what are you saving the velocity yeah. for? I mean, yeah. you're not, you're not even likely to be around. You want you use it from the very start. So, I mean, he seems like, he seems like a nice guy. He's actually, he's pretty funny now that he does yeah. his interviews in English. Um, yeah, he's very good at English too. Yeah. You kind of wonder why he was well, wasting know, time doing Maybe that he's just making the Cubs pay for the interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no, I need one. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you guys made the mistake of watching the post game, but uh, <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> he goes, he's like, 
So, you know, Kaplan, there, it, there's either it's either nuke it from space or everything's fine. Like yeah. there's literally no. Stop way. panicking! What are you guys worried about? Everything's fine. <laughs> or like, or the sky is falling. So he's like, so when do you? When does Joe Madden just say, "Hey, look, we're Tommy. Tommy is calling the pitches and just signaling them in, them in, and you're just th- they're putting the numbers down and you're just throwing that." And De Jesus goes. You can't. He's like, that's little league stuff. You can't do that. And like, um, uh, 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 why does his name just fell out of my head now? When we were just talking about him. Cap. No. Um, oh. You Darvish. No. Uh, <laughs> the guy I want to replace De Jesus, and I don't want to say what. Oh, Glanville. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't want to. Uh, so and Glanville kind of was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So they talk about it. The two former baseball players talk about it for about a minute, and Cap takes it and he's like correct correct and then he's like so why don't you why doesn't joe just sit him down and say we're calling the pitches and like glanville and the hazers look at each other like what the fuck did you <laughs> like it's like it's like kaplan and i suspect this is what kaplan does a lot of the time he asks a question and then he just scrolls through his twitter feed yeah. and then he like looks up when he hears silence again and just asks the next question on his list, and he forgot to cross that one off. Yeah, Doug should have given him the old Paul Silas. What am I speaking Chinese here? <laughs> one of my favorite press conference responses ever. He answered a question, he got asked the exact same question again, and he just goes, "What am I speaking Chinese here?" Um, yeah, that was uh, th- but I get, I get, God, I, I remember the first couple starts for Darvish. I was like, man, I want to see, you know, this guy's got such electric stuff. This is going to be so exciting to watch him. And I, he is the one starter that I would actively skip. And God bless Mike Montgomery, who's rapidly one of becoming one of my favorite redheaded left-hander pitchers for the Cubs since Terry Mulholland. But t- I, Terry Mulholland was not a redhead. He was kind of redhead. No, he was a swarthy. Well, he looks like exactly like Dante from Clerks. Yes, that's. I mean, that's not a redhead. Well, he he played for a lot of teams that wore red caps. <laughs> oh, okay. And he got sweaty and it bled under his hair, and then he became a redhead. Well, he has a very like. I think he's. Oh, you're right. I guess I'm looking at pictures of him. Yeah, he, I mean, he's. He's pretty dark haired. That's he's true. Swarthy. Um, that's a good word for him. All right. Um, all right. All right. I'll, I'll concede that he is, but here he is in a Phillies cap. Here he is in an Indians cap. Like he, here he is with a cub hat that had a red C on it. Here he is wearing a clown wig. Um, it braves bill of his cap. Um, oh, you're right. I know. Of course. I, how could I have not thought he was a redhead? <laughs> so here's, here's my baseless prediction as to, if you if this if you doesn't turn this around, I think the Cubs are going to get out of his contract because I think he was going to retire because he almost retired after he blew Game Seven for the Dodgers. He thought about just quitting, so he's banked another forty million dollars the last two years. Mm-hmm. He may just go back to Japan and say, "F it." Of course, if he pitches relatively well, he's he's only owed eighty million dollars. I mean, he has plenty of incentive to stick around. But I think it's not out of the question that you says sayonara. Do you think he's enjoying it? Like I know he's not. That's enjoying what I mean. He can't. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're really good, 
if you're a really good pitcher, and he has been his entire career, he was amazing in Japan. He was really good with the Rangers. And all of a sudden, you can't throw a freaking strike. And you've got a shitload of money. And your neighbor in, where does he live? Lake Forest is suing you because you put your fence up. Um, He may just say... Fuck and it, you're and leave. Have, and you're starting. And you're starting to. Your body's probably starting to fall apart a little bit. And yeah, maybe that'd be nice. Or you know what would be nice if he just starts pitching like old. Yes, because he's good. That, that would be, be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine how good the that starting rotation is if he's good? Because he's, like, he's the only weak link right yeah. now. Yeah. If yeah, like think about and, and he's not it. supposed to be it's supposed to be john lester and he's probably their best the one. best yeah i know bless that man um okay so maybe maybe everyone starts sending you hate mail about how much <laughs> let's not let's not give any more bad advice about people's lives no let's not <laughs> so the um you know the the back-to-back walk-off home, the back-to-back walk-off wins home with home runs. Well, that's, that was very well explained by me. Yeah. Good job. We got so it. I don't know if you guys remember this on Tuesday and Wednesday night, Cubs won games on home runs and everybody left. It was the first time since the wonderful 1998 season when in the same series against the Brewers, the great Wait, Orlando Merce, were you going to guess? Is that no, what you want to do? Too late now. No, you guys already late. knew who it was. So right. it's Orlando Merced and Mark Grace walked off the Brewers. Um, somebody, I love it when you love it when I talk about my Twitter feed, but after I tweeted out the highlights of both home runs, somebody pointed out something that I'd forgotten, and it's very apparent on the video of the Mark Grace one. Some of the fans were not all that excited that Grace hit the home run because Sammy was on deck. And there was a bunch of fans that didn't give a shit if the Cubs won. They just wanted to see Sammy hit another home run because he hit 60 the day before. Yeah. But Sammy is pissed. Sammy throws his helmet. I mean, he didn't throw a tantrum, but you can tell he's like, oh, I guess we won. And he takes his helmet and he whips it towards the dugout. And then he goes to home plate and he greets Grace. But I, I didn't, I would not have noticed that if a fan had pointed out that, or a, a, somebody on Twitter pointed out that um, fans were, um, there was a mixed reaction to the game winning home run. You know what's crazy? Now that you bring that up, as a big, as as self centered and as a colossal piece of shit as Sammy Sosa's personality was, Addison's worse. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, Sammy was more self aware. Yeah, and Addison, really Sammy quick. was barely self aware. <laughs> this is a guy who dressed and has put on a complete cowboy outfit to take a picture <laughs> with his wife. I mean, that's the epitome of not being self aware, and yet. He's the fully developed man compared to Addison Russell. Yeah. Including the cowboy colored skin. <laughs> He's got impetigo or something. Mm-hmm. No. Wasn't that always Michael Jackson's excuse? He had whatever that disease was where, you know, your, your skin starts to blotch. And, so then he just evened it all out. That's all he did. Vertiligo or something. Isn't it something like vertiligo? Fertile ad, that sounds right. Yeah, something like that. What's impetigo? That's an eye disease, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm an eye infection? I think <laughs> so Sammy had an eye infection, and it turned him, <laughs> turned him very light. And he and he couldn't see colors anymore. So um, poor, poor Sammy. Kyle, I feel like we're talking over you a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Dynamite drop in, Kyle. Yeah. yeah. Broadcasting school has really paid off. Yeah. The uh, 
the business degree didn't come with a broadcasting <laughs> minor, unfortunately. So <laughs> here we are talking about Sammy Sosa's <laughs> white blotched skin. Yeah. Yeah. You never thought this would get to this level. Um, okay. So that's what topic number three hit the dinger. Wasn't that topic number three? Oh, we yeah. hit them all. We did. We're done. That's four. We, we blew through all of them. All right. Bye. Yep. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Um, so now it's just we just meander and filler. Kind now, of now we go back to normal podcast mode where we just bail. oh okay. If we're gonna if we do want to have some filler time, I want to give a pitch. <laughs> I do to one of the funniest, and I don't know why this show is so funny, but I'm gonna have a hard time even getting through this without laughing at it. Relatively new on Netflix, it's um it's a sketch show called I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Oh, that's the 15 minute one. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably about, there's only six episodes. It is some of the funniest sketch material. And there's nothing super groundbreaking except for the fact that every, every concept is so weird and he has a couple of surprising twists, but Oh my God. I, the first, the very first sketch I had to watch, I've already watched the watch it twice. And the first sketch I could not, the first sketch of the entire series I could not breathe. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and this guy, he's got the face for it. He's a great comedian. Um, but this is like, it's it's one of those, like when Key and Peele first were, were doing, frankly, through the whole run, I was like, man, how are these guys kind of reinventing? And like not doing anything super unique or anything, but they were kind of reinventing sketch comedy even then. And, and this is just, it is very worth a couple hours of your time to watch this and then to watch it again and then to watch it again. It is straight up outstanding. So watch it, please. Now. To right now. To the end of this and then watch. Stop the podcast. Go watch. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. I hope that's the name. I'm going to better look this up. So he that's was on it. one season of Saturday Night Live, I think. Tim was, Robinson, yes. Sorry. was underused. And then him and um, I can't think of the guy's name. The guy who plays Richard Splett on V. Oh, yeah. Yep. They did Detroiters. He, he that showed up in a couple. Funny. Yeah, yeah, and I never saw. And they t- they mentioned that. Um, and and Richard Schleck, I gotta look up his name because that guy is a- amazing. Yeah. He shows up in a sketch or two. Um, <laughs> Richard Splett. Yeah. So Sunday is the Sam Richardson. Sorry, is the final Veep ever. And Veep, I think, is it's top. Underrated. Yeah, top four for me comedies of all time. I love that show. Right up there with like Curb. With Curb. Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Seinfeld. Come on. For yeah. it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Seinfeld. <laughs> um, I was trying to figure out where to put The Office and Parks and Rec because those would be the other two. And Cheers. Or, I love Cheers. 30, 30 Rock. If you're putting Office, yes, 30, Rock. Rock, 30 Rock is up there. Let's just go through all of the shows that we've enjoyed. All right. Good. I've been preparing for this. I have a list. <laughs> Let's get this out. All right, it starts with uh, number one, people. Archie Bunker's place. Number up. one, and then my three sons, <laughs> Hazel. <laughs> so, um, my wife watches. She for the longest time she said just to avoid politics altogether. So in the morning she wouldn't turn on you know the Good Morning America, the Today Show, anything. She started watching Antenna TV, and so it was always my three sons and Hazel back to back, and. She would watch them. They're unwatchable. I mean, that's just, I'm sure in the 50s, that was pleasant, you know, nice little, it's terrible. 
I've never they make Leave it to Hazel. Beaver look like Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've never even heard of Hazel. She I've was a Facebook. she was a sassy housekeeper. Oh, what color was she? <laughs> <laughs> she was not. She she did not. Uh, she was not the Jefferson's housekeeper. Oh, okay. She was. So it was not Marla Gibbs. Okay. It was um, like twenty years before that, or maybe more. Okay. But anyway, just god awful. Never even heard of it. But anyway, I'm gonna miss Veep. I love. I, oh. I love. It's a show I actually watch. I always watch it twice, because you miss really hilarious, mean things that they say to each other. Yes. Because a, they say them faster. B, you laugh yeah. from the previous one, and you miss it. It's just amazing, and it's really kind of sad how much they have inadvertently predicted yeah, about exactly. politics. Even this season, they had um, Jonah, the yeah, the idiot man child, <laughs> decided that um, he could get a lot of votes as an anti-vaxer, and <laughs> he inadvertently contributed to a chickenpox <laughs> epidemic. Because the anti-vax people were following him from thing to thing. Yeah, it was great. Um, it is incredible that Tony Hale just plays one character, <laughs> yeah. but he plays it so well that it doesn't matter at all. And he'll, anyone that wants to give him that role over and over again should just keep doing it because That's he'll like, keep playing the hell out of it. Um, one thing you may or may not know. Probably. We were talking before about um, Avengers Endgame, and now I want to spoil it all because it's yeah, been too no. Uh, but it's directed by Joel and Anthony Russo, who directed a lot of Arrested Development episodes. Yes, and um, I I kept Game waiting. Game. You know, um, in uh, Infinity War, um, Tobias in all the blue makeup is actually in it. It the camera pans by, <laughs> and it just you have to like pause it. But there he is, David Cross, full makeup is in it on another planet. But I kept waiting for them at some point during Endgame because things, you know, I'm not spoiling. Say things are going bad. I kept waiting for somebody to go. I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I just I was, thought for sure they were going to do it. I thought you were going to say like because I know about the snap or whatever, but uh, that there was going to be like, um. If I snap, I, I give me a line. Well, never mind. I thought you were going to have a narrator moment. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but the the way they thwart Thanos is that a seal he has the Infinity Gauntlet on, <laughs> and a seal bites his hand off before he can snap. Uh, it's part of his army training, mother. Here is what I was thinking you were going to say. So, like uh, Spider Man, let's just say, comes up and is like, "You guys, we're going to save the world," and the narrator they did it. <laughs> yeah. I should have Ron Howard yeah. just drop in something. Yeah. So in my in my silence over here <laughs> to completely yeah, research, he it's always good to do research during the show. <laughs> he watched all of Endgame. I did. Yep. Um, I was I was perusing fan graphs, and I I think this is interesting. So among starting pitchers in Major League history with at least 650 innings pitched, so starters with 650. Who is the number one all-time leader in strikeouts per nine innings? You Darvish. You Darvish. You Darvish is number one. Terry Mulholland is number two. <laughs> what? This is going to give it away. What very fitting former Cubs are right next to each other at six and seven? Pryor and Wood. Yep. So, I think of uh, all the leaderboards on uh, that you can sort by in fan graphs here. Having those three in a top ten together is uh... just goes to show <laughs> that if, if you make that list, your career is over at thirty because mm. you've blown, you've thrown your elbow to smithereens. Mm. 
Okay, if we're going to talk about baseball again. So do you think I, – I feel like Darvish pitches like I play like MLB The Show. Like I, I'm pissed if they put the ball in play. <laughs> like I'd rather, I'd rather just strike people out. And like I feel like he doesn't realize his stuff is so good that he – like Montgomery does obviously doesn't have as good as stuff, but pitches to ground ball contact and just gets guys out in – two or three pitches instead yeah. of going eight, nine, ten pitches every fucking at bat. And, like, if Darvish would just trust his stuff, those guys would get themselves out, but I feel like he's just trying to strike every every person he faces out. Well, especially the Marlins. Yeah. I mean, they're just – they're begging to make an out. Yeah. Well, except for Neil Walker. who And Chris – and Prado, Nick Prado. He went – I think I think Neil went six for nine against the Cubs, and I know you love it when I quote my own tweets, but I'm going to do it because it ties in with something with a joke you made earlier. Because I tweeted out today, I said um, when Neil Walker got yet another double, I said Laura Ricketts just emailed her dad and complained that people think Neil Walker owns the Cubs. (laughs) Okay, pretty funny. That is pretty funny. Um, So I had never bothered looking back on this. and it's because it's a common enough t- name to, and I just assumed that is the Neil Walker that used to kill the Cubs when he was on the Pirates, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. I Pirates like, hey. and then the Mets, and then he played for the Brewers last uh, year, two oh, years ago. I, two years ago. Yeah. The Brewers. I do remember him on the Mets and obviously the Pirates. I think I, this is a very dumb drop in, but if anyone's still listening at this point, they're ready for this. I feel like that guy used to have a lot thicker eyebrows. <laughs> I don't know why. I, like Terry Mulholland's red hair. Maybe this is like a Bernstein, Bernstein, Nelson Mandela is dead situation. Well, he probably he probably lost them when he went to Milwaukee. He was tail he had a horrible tailgating accident, and it you know flashed in his face and burned his eyebrows off. Maybe yeah. they maybe they needed to shave him off and give him to Bernie for his must. What does he have a mustache? Yeah. Speaking of the office, one of the funniest off- <laughs> one of the funniest office moments. Let's all re- let's just reminisce. Let's fill the last ten minutes or so with reminiscing about the office. When Stan, when they can't figure out if Stanley has a mustache, because <laughs> right now I can't picture if if he Bernie did. the Brewer has a must oh. had mustache. Well, yeah. Stanley definitely did. I think yes, Bernie. Bernie. Did, right? Bernie has a mustache. <laughs> That's what so. I thought. But I can't picture it. I get why they couldn't picture Bernie it. Bernie is blonde Bob Brenly. <laughs> and that's... <laughs> uh, he's auditioning for a job in the major in the front office somewhere? Yeah, every, every, every game, it's Bernie. You know, <laughs> just politicking for another job. Well, boys... That seems as appropriate of a baseball way to end this yeah, podcast so. as any other one. It's pretty good. So the Cubs won 10 out of 11. They have big series with the Brewers coming up, and we didn't cover any of that. But that's fine. People people shouldn't tune in expecting to, us to get to relevant things. Well, wouldn't I mean, you that's think so fun. If, if we were so concerned about talking about that, we would have started with that? Yes. Oh, I agree. And, I, I, it doesn't bother me. And Andy, as I've Remember when I was trashing all Cubs bloggers a few weeks ago? Why would anyone be listening to this looking for insightful right. breakdowns? Yeah, if you are, it's you've got problems, man. Yeah. You're here to be entertained. We'll talk about 
random old episodes of The Office and Neil Walker's eyebrows. And if you're here for more than that, you're barking up the wrong tree, sister or brother. Or whoever, however you say sister or brother in Sweden. <laughs> sister, ja, brother. We really should do an entire segment every week in Swedish. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I mean, gotta, we got to play to our, you know, no, we play can't, to the audience. We can't do that, though, because then just to keep every, everything fair, we'll also have to do one in French. Yeah. For all those Francophiles. I noticed the, uh, the Irish were starting to close in on the French, on, the demog- on their oh, demographics. Yes. So they have two people? Yeah, two and a half, I think. <laughs> two people in a leprechaun. <laughs> two and a half. All right. So, um, yeah, the uh, Cubs had a pretty good week. and um, They're in first place? They're in first place. They haven't lost a series since yeah, I don't even time. remember when. Maybe, was it maybe the last time they played the Brewers. It was right? yeah, the last Milwaukee series. And so um, my, my good friend Mark Gonzalez wrote a thing today about um, Kristen, Kristen Yelich is ready to get booed at get, he's noise. He's going to, he's going to get a hostile reception at Wrigley. It's like, yeah. did they trade Ryan Braun? I mean, yeah. <laughs> we can only, we've already got two guys to boo. We've already got Ryan Braun and Addison Russell. I mean, honestly, how many people can we boo in one series? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, why? I didn't get why he thinks they, we hate him. I mean, it's yes. He's a pain in the ass cause he's good, but. Now the only was he making the argument that we're mad that Baez didn't win the MVP? He didn't could could be, but the reason Baez didn't win the MVP was twofold: one, the Cubs completely shit the bed the last week of the season, and two, Christian Ellis wouldn't stop hitting home runs. Right? Yeah, he had a better year. Baez had a great fucking year, and he'll win it this year, guys. Don't worry. But that oh no, I did. We I missed we I missed the topic. It was my fault. You were right. We were only on three. So here's a little reward for all of, for both of you who made it to this part of the podcast. So this was a, an interesting story. I thought in the athletic, perhaps you've heard of it. Anyway, um, a couple of weeks ago in a game against Arizona, Chris Bryant breaks his bat. Oh yeah. Summons the tubby bat boy out and says, pick me out a winner. Kid gets his Wonder Boy, which is instead of Wonder Boy, is one of those weird axe bats, which is a, a bat that has body spray embedded in it, apparently. <laughs> oh my God. So it has an axe handle thing on it. And he's gone crazy since then. He's hit six home runs. He had a home run on the very next swing. He's had six home runs since he started using this bat. He's back to being Chris Bryant. Everything's all excited. But uh, a part of, so Sadev wrote a long thing about this. I mean, <laughs> really long. <laughs> But I was very entertained by Sadov decided to explain the very unusual grip that Chris Bryant has on a bat, whether it's an axe bat or a regular bat. See if this, see if you could picture what he's describing. You are really selling memberships to the athletic right now, by the way, (laughs) giving away content and saying that he wrote a very long article about, about a bat handle. Is that the kind of content that's hidden behind the paywall? I didn't say it wasn't. I didn't say it wasn't good. It's just long. Long form writing is should be encouraged. Mm-hmm. People, America needs to be more literate, mm-hmm. and that's what the athletic does every day. It mm-hmm. makes America just a little yes. bit more well read. Uh-huh. Anyway, here's his description of how Chris Bryant holds the bat. Bryant has a unique grip as far as how he holds the bat. The <laughs> pinky of his top hand and the pointer finger of his bottom hand 
are on top of each other and not really on the bat. It's a golf grip. That's all wait, it is. You didn't wait. need 40 words to say he holds the bat like he's holding a golf club. Wait, what do you mean on top of each other? Does he mean interlaced? Yes, just like now for those of you who are watching the video of this, like that's that, not, like everyone holds a golf club. That's not how I hold a golf club. And that's also not, they're not on top of each other. Like they're, this finger more, is more over holding a bat. They're on this top one. of each other. That's not on top of, no, look at, yes, this one is on top of this one. It's a golf grip. That's all he does. That's not how everyone grips a golf club, first of all. That's but, how you're supposed to. What? I, that's, well, how, that's how Arnold Palmer taught me how to do it. Actually, okay. I, was, um, I was drinking Arnold Palmer's. You should just say that they're interlaced. They're interlaced. All right. So if it's if it's if it's really on top of it, which I don't think it is, you couldn't hold a bat like that. You, I could barely hold a pint glass like that. Although you'll try it. But this, I mean, there's no they, these. Your fingers just normally holding are on. This one is on top of this one. So that's the worst description ever. All right, let's let me read what he said again. Yeah, read. I took it to mean instead of top pinky is on bottom index finger. Right. You've got index finger over pinky. Oh, so mean, they're interlaced. Which would mean you've interlaced it like a golf club. Yes, interlaced. Just use the word interlaced. Yes, he doesn't use the word interlaced. The pinky oh. of his top hand and the pointer of his bottom hand are on top of each other and not Wait. really on the bat, which is just like a golf club. It's not Wait, really on the club. Hang on. Let's say this again. The the pink. Uh, I guess he doesn't they're not on top of each other. They're on the back of your other hand. They're in between. This is stupid. And I, it's <laughs> a very visual, this is a very visual thing. How so, else but, would it be though? Would it be, how would you, like a normal person just holds a baseball bat. You make yeah. two fists right around the bat and there you go. You're ready to go. But you, you I'm just, I'm not arguing that that's, that that's no, not now I'm not arguing either. And now I'm trying to figure out what the hell he means. Right. Now I think exactly. I that's, took, I immediately visualized um, index finger over pinky. And that's how you pulled a golf club. And I thought, why didn't you just say he holds it like a golf club? But now why looking at that description, I don't even know what it means. Anymore. So is, read this one more time and let's all do it. <laughs> I'm the one slowly. who used interlaced. He didn't use that word. That's what I'm, no, I used interlaced. So read oh. it very slowly and let's all try and do with our hands. And I'm all not right. going to do it left-handed. Well, it's Wait, not going because he's not specific right? enough. Yeah, he needed, he needed another thousand words. The pinky of his top hand okay, and the pointer so. finger of his bottom hand are on top of each other and not really on the bat. I took that to mean on top of each other, like linked together. Yeah, but like that this. doesn't, they're not on top of each other. They're on top of your other. Everyone at home do this as Dolan's describing this. Interlace your fingers. They're not on top of each other. Like if anything. Like okay, but this, if they're on top of each other, of each then other. it's even more ridiculous because he holds the bat like Normally. every other person. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I know. And, and that's my only argument is that he, it's a very stupid I, I, I agree with you, Andy. He's trying to say interlaced, but he didn't yeah. in those I'm gonna read, 10, I'm gonna, words think of the word interlaced. All right. So I'm going to play Sahadev's editor. I'm going to fix this for him. So I'm going to say Brian has a unique grip as far as he holds the bat. The pinky of his top hand and the pointer finger of his bottom hand are on top of each other. And he holds the bottom of the bat with his teeth. Because that's <laughs> the only way that would be unique. <laughs> The only thing unique is the way he described interlacing your fingers. And I bet that. But we're the know. ones who described interlaced. He didn't. Sahedev doesn't say interlaced. He just says no. he's got one finger on top of the other one. That's what I'm saying. The only way that would be the most unique way of describing interlacing your fingers 
is what I'm saying. That means his bottom hand is very dominant with his swing. The oval of the handle right. of the axe bat gives the hitter a lot more grip strength without needing to hold the bat as hard. Which, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> which helps with their swing and gives the batter a lot of control with their bottom hand. How about he uses a wiffle bat now, and it's amazing that he sits the ball 110 miles an hour with a piece of plastic. So I'm glad we got to that because I thought for sure I managed to confuse myself with it. I really, I don't, I have, I have it's less of an idea. Fault. That's a terrible. I have less of an idea how Chris Bryan holds the bat than I did before I read that. I, I, I think Andy, we're all 100% right in what we're. I guess we could just look at him hitting, but like I think we're all 100% correct in thinking that this that he's interlacing. because yeah, that's finger. a weird. If you got a unique, that would be unique because that's fucking weird. Yeah, how, how does one learn to hit like that? Or why would you be taught that? That seems that's odd. Yeah, because it it makes sense to hold a golf club like that because you never you're holding it below you, like it's you know you're just trying to keep you're trying to keep this bottom yeah. wrist firm and you you're set up below and then you just pull it back and it keeps it nice and firm. But with a baseball bat, you're hold, you're already holding it upright. Why would you bother with this crap? Well, and your follow if you have a one handed follow through, I feel the like church that's... and here's the steeple and turn it over and there's the people. I mean, you <laughs> might as well do that. I feel like if you have a one-handed follow-through too, that's, I mean, in golf, you're, well, that's right. you're how does he, both. maybe that's how he hurt his shoulder. He forgot to let go and he pulled his pinky <laughs> out of his socket. Pinky, ripped his pinky off. He ripped his pinky off and threw it into the stands. That's a nice gift for a fan. <laughs> Remember Apparently, when he, he threw, when he hit the walk-off home run on Tuesday, he threw his jersey into the stands. Oh. So some lucky fan got his jersey. But who knew that last year, in Cincinnati, he threw his pinky into the stands. That's even better. You guys think it's a little bit of a weird tradition to rip the dude, the walk-off dude's jersey off of him? Yeah, and how do you like the new... Javi has added a new indignity to it, where after they dump the Gatorade, then Javi has a smaller bucket full of water, and he sneaks up, and he gets you... He like gets it up your nose. He goes up under and then runs away like it's the funniest thing he's ever seen in his life. He did it to both Brian and Hayward. He had the one last year where he did it with a jug of what looked like a jug full of this stuff. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Javi can do no wrong. Javi hit you Javi hit me with the piss bucket. Yay. Oh, this this description of this interlaced fingers bothers me. We have to try and make a conscious effort, everyone because I won't watch the games, but watch the games this weekend and see if, if Bryant is interlacing his fingers, if the, if, if interlaced fingers would be a better description for yeah, it. That, Cause pinky on top of, the, top of they're on top of each other. That's every, every so, little leaguer in the world. bats like that. Who cares? Uh, yeah. So they're either on top of each other like that. They can be on top of each other like that or like that, I guess. But you wouldn't even say that. You would just say this one is on top of this one. Not that they're on top. You can't make your fingers be on top of each other. One of them's on top. Not if you're going to hold the bat. One of them's on top and one of them's on the, I don't know, whatever. What if this is like a, he's like, it's like an F chord that he's fingering and it actually is really complicated looking and we can't figure it out. Well, speaking of, um, you know, holding the bat awkwardly. Because if I did that, I would, the bat would fly out of my hands. Um, like Addison oh, Russell. I guess I see how you're doing it. I guess that w- I would consider that on top of. Yeah, that to me is the that's to me is the golf grip. That's why when I read it, I'm like, oh, this is a lot of words to say. He holds it like a golf club. But then rereading it on the air or on the pod, <laughs> we're all holding up. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, now sorry, I don't even know that that's it. Doesn't say what I thought it said. What were we gonna say about Russell? 
if if you have a funky grip, you would think that the bat would fly out of your hand a lot. And that's before we found out other things. That was the thing he was probably most famous for was that three times at home state would chuck his bat into the stands. Yeah. It was the Ricky Gutierrez. <laughs> that has to be from somebody, a batting coach advising you not to grip the bat too tight. Sorry. So they, they hold it extra loose and then they can't possibly hang on to it. It's like, I would think the one thing you could make sure you do when you swing a bat is not let go of it. <laughs> that doesn't seem that hard. He's like, when I say don't grip it too tight, I still do want you to grip it. <laughs> To be just throw the bat at the pitcher every time and see how that works out. Um. <laughs> well, all right. So that's there. I hit her. I'm glad. I glad I remembered that topic. Is yeah. That why we wasted time? Really added an it. awful lot to people with, with a half-assed <laughs> description of how Chris. If, Bryan well, if you weren't bat. watching this visually, then it would be hard to figure out what we were doing. Yes. Yeah, so well, I have to. We have to make sure we post the video this time because otherwise, there's no way you could figure out what the hell. But the problem is, Saad, that, that that is his medium. He has to be better at describing that so we can understand it. We're making a really strong case for this to be a, a podcast that The Athletic wants to put on every week. Yep. We're going to criticize it. No, but think about it. What are people doing right now? They're like, oh, I better Talk read about what Saad have wrote. There you go. Well, you just read it on air. You just play it back. <laughs> oh, I read 30 words out of 3,000. So uh, there's plenty more there. And this is good stuff. I really did think it was interesting that the um, he broke his bat. He wasn't going to use the axe handle bat in games, but that's the one the bat boy brought out. Next pitch, home run. He stuck with it the whole time, and all of a sudden, he's Chris Bryan again. I like that you're rehabbing this, but the damage has been done, Andy. <laughs> the sponsorships have left. The cat is out of the front door and halfway down the block. I feel now. I feel terrible. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> when we all say okay, all right. Now we need a quorum, Kyle. So <laughs> we all vote. We yeah. adjourn. Do I have a? Will someone second the motion to adjourn? Seconded. All right. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you guys good next talk. week. Sounds good. Go Cubs. Go Cubs. Go Cubs.